listening to the Niagara Moon podcast. I am Thomas Irwin. Sorry, it's been a little while since the last episode. Um, just some things are uh, in flux. I haven't really had a good space to record these. Haven't been able to do uh, interviews much either. Hoping to get back on that soon. We're going to rearrange things a little bit, maybe get a storage unit and uh, free up some space for me to... Um, just be able to churn these out a little more consistently. So it's always fun coming here, talking to you guys, doing my best to uh, organize my scatterbrain and tell a cohesive story. Story for this week, I wanted to be uh, the second half of my saga doing music in Japan, you know, back in my uh, college days. So I guess we'll just dive right back into that. If you listen to uh, that last episode, part one, I talk about uh, my experience moving to Kyoto in Japan and just encountering all these really uh, talented musicians through a series of chance encounters. And eventually, the lineup pretty much solidified. Uh, we had I had enough consistent members to um, to do an album. So I was probably by this time twenty. And it was 2013 going into 2014. Uh, myself and Lyutaro, the drummer, had definitely had a, a rapport for a while. We'd been playing together for about a year at that point. Our bassist, Shotaro, was in the fold. And uh, he was always the kind of guy who learned things really quickly. And then um, we got Lyutaro's friend, Michio, fantastic guitarist. Uh, oh, man, what a character. And this was Otarehan. That this was it, or this was <laughs> this was as consistent as it was going to get. These are the dudes that Huimin and I uh, played a reunion show with recently when uh, we both visited Kyoto for a couple weeks. That was awesome, a lot of fun. There's definitely video up by now. I can uh, include links in the show notes, uh, some photos, just little behind the scenes footage. We were goofing around, having a good time. So that's, you got that, that group of four and we were ready to do something. And, um, I had never gone to a professional studio to record before. I had no experience doing that. My experience making music, uh, besides now playing gigs here and there with this band was just recording in my room basically and not really getting anybody else too involved in the uh, recording process beyond just uh, roping, you know, say a singer in to do a little something on one song or a, a guitarist, acoustic guitarist. But at the end of the day, I still had no knowledge of how to get from point A to point B, making your stuff sound professional. And I was very, very interested to see what that looked like because I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to improve a lot. I didn't really have a handle on what I was doing so much, and maybe I don't have so much more now, but I, I felt like I had a lot to learn, and I want this was the time to do it. I, I have a lot of talented musicians to play with. I have this backlog of songs that had been growing for a year, year and a half. Um, you know, when I was 20, I'm you're impulsive, you want to move quickly. I was ready to just take some stuff on. So Lyutaro and I, it was kind of clear to me that we were kind of the core of the group, uh, him and I. We were um, 
organizing the most together behind the scenes and uh, coordinating the other two guys. But we were talking about how we wanted to record. We were starting to get a plan together, what songs we wanted to, to look at, how we were going to do, are we doing a demo? Are we starting with an EP? So the beginning of this whole experience, and we were, we, he had had some experience because he had been playing with a lot of other bands, but I don't know if he ever got too closely involved in the recording process beyond just going in and playing his drum part in a studio and heading out and everything else was left to the, to the other band leaders. Um, so a lot of this felt new to him as well, but we're in his, uh, his, not his bedroom, but the room adjacent to his bedroom that was still kind of like his space of the house slash his workspace. He worked at home for his parents' business, uh, making parts for manual weaving machines, if that makes any sense. So the, the machines that make kimonos, you got to have uh, craftsmen put those together and then have replacement parts and all that. That was his, his family's business. So he had this uh, just little extra space, which is always very rare in Japan. Not a lot of people have these little spaces to uh, to gather and, and practice um, within their house. That's that's rare. But he had that. That was awesome. He had an electronic drum set. He had a keyboard laid out there that was bigger than my little Schrodinger's like floor piano with, with mini keys. He had a proper keyboard. He had, uh, I think, Cakewalk sonar. He, he had some odd recording interface, but he knew how to use it, so whatever. And... Um, he had the uh, the setup for a guitarist or a bassist to plug in directly and, and lay their part down, like all within the computer. So we, we had something to start with. And it was starting to make sense to me, the, the logistics of just putting that together. Okay, these are the parts we have of the song that we've rehearsed at these, uh, these little rehearsal studios throughout the city. And we're going to lay it down and we're going to see what that sounds like. Uh, and again, we didn't know really what we were doing beyond that. I don't know anything about mixing or... Yeah, we're, we're all green. Um, so we had like five songs and pretty much all of them ended up being on the, the eventual uh, full-length album. But he recorded electronic drums, this little Roland... I forget what it was called exactly, but uh, all the sounds were like built into the this little box that was part of the kit and like those sounds were recorded right into the computer and uh it sounded cheap <laughs> it's it sounded i mean it's basically it's a drum machine but just that's controlled by um you know a person triggering the sounds a la playing on the drum kit so it, it had a little dynamics to it but not really much but at the time we thought it would do the trick <laughs> and uh he's playing his drum parts at home you know, on his little rubber pads. Um, uh, I'm playing the keyboard. And um, we had these fun day sessions here and there, getting uh, Shotaro, the bassist, or uh, Michio, the guitarist, coming in. And um, it was very informal, very kind of just quick and uh, slapdash. We were all having fun and uh, goofing around. But at the same time, I was like, okay, so what's... I, I was very keen on learning... How is this going to sound? How is this going to compare to what I have in my head? And then what other steps am I going to need to take to get closer to that? And I'm, I'm noticing 
new things along the way. Oh, this doesn't really sound the way I want it to hear. Um, oh, this turned out okay. Okay, this we can do at home. This, uh, I don't know about this. Particularly, I was learning, you need a real drum set. That's <laughs> There's no way around that if you're doing kind of pop rock music. Is we, we were going to need to figure out how to actually record drums. Okay, I bet a lot of other musicians, a lot of other bands out there put that together. Uh, vocals, mm, you need a certain kind of acoustic space to record decent vocals. Uh, just, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but you can tell when you've recorded your voice just in a room that is not made for recording whatsoever. And it, yeah, it's just, it has this amateur sound that you can recognize pretty quickly. And I mean, besides that, I guess the other guy's vocals were pretty good, but mine certainly needed work. I got very little practice singing and uh, didn't really have much vocal control and I wasn't noticing what I needed to notice. I still feel at first album, my vocals are out of the added tune to the point where it's it's difficult for me to to not cringe listening to it but it's another story but yeah we we pretty quickly um put these songs together the and the arrangements together i mean just meaning we all recorded our parts as we had played it in the rehearsal studio and um we were like where do we go from here this kind of sounds decent enough to package and sell at a show but it's not really our best foot forward. This isn't something we would call finished. I guess these are kind of like demos. So what do we want to do next? Uh, we, I guess we got we to gotta record drums at a real place and we want to get a professional uh, mixing engineer. Just, I, I did my best with, uh, with what we had initially, just kind of the bravado of going in with a 7-Eleven coffee and uh, only using headphones. That's, a big, that's another no-no uh, as someone who's going to mix, you need speakers and you need decent speakers and a decent space to listen to. I didn't know any of this yet, but I tried my best with these electronic drums and these, these home recorded parts, mixing them myself on Lutaro's whack-ass Sonar cakewalk software. And I got somewhere, but not, not really far enough. Um, so yeah, we knew we wanted to put a bit of a budget together and we wanted to do this for real. We, we got to that step or at least Lutaro and I did. And the other dudes were just kind of like, sure, I can show up and record this if you want me to. Um, Lutaro and I were prepared to uh, make the financial commitment. And we, it was kind of becoming clear that we were the moving force, of the group and the other two dudes. Uh, yeah, we, they were good for shows and, and coming up with good parts, but that's kind of, they were not going to commit as much. So that's where we were, uh, yeah, by 2014. And um, Lutaro had previously recorded in a studio called, uh, if you looked at it in English, it would be, you'd think it was pronounced Simpo, S-I-M-P-O, but uh, Studio Shimpo. Lutaro had had a, a very good experience recording there um, in some other band he'd done playing drums the uh the manager the the engineer there um koizumi-san uh he'd gotten along well with him and uh koizumi-san had a reputation for uh working with the band kururi which many of you listening to this 
probably don't know them, but they're one of the more famous modern bands in Japan. They they had a pretty big following, and um, unlike a lot of music in Japan that's popular, they were actually pretty interesting and, and innovative. I I considered myself a fan of at least some of their albums. They were cool, and this this guy was associated with them. I guess he'd gone to college with them, and then they uh, did some pre-production work with him one time. So he had he had that kind of street cred going on. So not only that, he was in Kyoto. There's not a ton of uh, higher tier recording studios in in Kyoto, and oh my god, he was so affordable. Looking back, like he had these things called student packs. So if you could identify yourself as a college student, your band could get 12 hours with him for, I think it was like 300 bucks. So you have this guy as your like recording slave <laughs> for just the whole day, like morning into night. I, maybe he, he took like lunch 15 minutes here and there or whatever. Uh, but this guy, for his services, and I'm sure he's increased the price since then, this guy was a steal. And uh, we did it. We we were ready to, to do everything with him. Um, I would, all the parts that I knew I could record by myself, I did. And uh, I only wanted to use his studio for, for drums and mixing, pretty much. I, I found a better room on my own to record vocals and, and honed in on that a little bit more. But so... This this the beginning of the recording sessions. I uh, m- me by myself at eleven o'clock in the morning on a day where I don't have any commitments. Get to his studio, bike over there, center town, and I give him my hard drive. It's got all these tracks I've prepared. And then I think what I did back then was I had drum machine parts that I had come up with on the computer that were supposed to mimic Lutaros. Or maybe what we did is he played his little electronic drum set, and I used that. But that was just as a reference. He wasn't the Koizumi san wasn't going to mix that into the song. That's not what you would end up hearing in the final version. It was just as a reference to have all the other parts, and then Lyutaro would play his drum part over that. Slash maybe we did, that's really convoluted and confusing, and maybe we did that once or twice and realized that's not the way you want to do it. But we did at least one song that way. Uh, no, what we really did was, as I learned more and learned that wasn't the best way to do it, you start with the drums. So if anybody out there is recording piecemeal, like one one part at a time, you start with the drums. No no way about it. No other way about it. You So this working at Chimple started as getting drum parts down for a few different songs. And uh, Lutaro was so prepared. I, I saw him with his notebook, and he's writing out these parts, and he's putting in extra practice time. So it's really cool to see somebody else that dedicated to a song I had made, or at least started. So that 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 made me feel more like a real musician. Ooh, I'm kind of rambling here, but uh, yeah, eventually the the process would go where Lutaro comes in after he gets out of work so the guy's already tired but he would like a champ record drum parts for three or four songs on all in one session in one evening and i'd take those drum parts i'd get all the other parts together so i record my piano part from my i finally got a better keyboard guys i i got a real large long 
like I, it must have been 88 keys, if not close to that. I got this really good sounding digital piano and, uh, you know, I'd have Michio or Shotaro come over to do their parts. And I gained access to, well, we're going to back up a little bit here, but I, I started going to another university called uh, Seika University in Kyoto this time, not, not outside the city, which is nice. And they had a like recording space in their library, a la what uh, my other school, UMass Amherst, had in their library. I don't know what it is about libraries having recording studios, but it's great. This private space, you can go in and it's super quiet and it's a larger room. And that's where I felt comfortable uh, laying down my vocals. I Much better than using my bedroom. So do vocals there. All right, we got all these parts together now. I was taking from my um, teenage days doing electronic music and using samples. Sometimes I'd incorporate that sort of stuff. All right, great. I get all these tracks together and I don't worry about the mixing. I don't worry about really how things sound or how they're mixing, meshing together. I just get all the individual parts and I give all that over to uh, Koizumi-san, including the drum parts, which I, I don't touch. I don't know how to, how to work with uh, drum tracks, but I give all this to him and he's got to make sense out of it. He's got to take all these parts and fit them together and understand what kind of vibe I'm going for, uh, how loud I want it to be, kind of and what other extra effects I want him to put on it. So I don't know, it was probably an unusual way f for him to work because I sat there with him pretty much all day, partially because I was very interested interested to see what he did, and also because I, I was a little more of a control freak back then too. I, I had very specific ideas of how I wanted him to uh, treat each part and um, extra effects I'd want him to put in. I probably drove him nuts. Uh, probably was a thorn in his side because I'm sure he was used to either recording everybody at once and you have more of kind of a fun party atmosphere. It's more spontaneous and he has more to do that's of interest to him as a, uh, as a studio guy. But no, this is like I've controlled all these different elements and put them together and he needs to carry out a very specific series of tasks all while I'm kind of like breathing over his neck and, and giving him instructions and asking him, why he's doing things a certain way or, you know, asking him to try a lot of different options. I'm sure he's used to working more on his own and not having all this input, especially from somebody who didn't uh, speak the language 100%. You know, I, I did my best and I learned all these different uh, terms to use to describe different sounds or the, the qualities of sound. It kind of in my, in my half-correct Japanese. So, I mean, I'm sure it was an interesting experience for him. Uh, if not trying, because um, I just, I found it really fun to sit in that basement studio, watch him work. He had these gorgeous, ridiculously expensive looking like egg shaped speakers and a laser came out of the speaker. And in the purpose of this, these two lasers coming out of these speakers was if you could see the laser in a certain way from where you were sitting, you knew you were in the best uh, spot. You were sitting in the best spot to hear the sound. Because I guess that's also a thing, is where you're sitting in relation to the speakers affects how you're going to hear the mix. So it had that extra like visual component I thought was pretty cool. And I watched him work, and I learned a lot. Um, making stuff sound professional basically comes down to uh, EQ, equalizing. So that means how you balance 
the lower frequencies, the middle frequencies, and the higher frequencies of a sound, you know, how low or high a note is, basically. So EQ and compression. And compression is making the quiet parts of a sound loud and making the loud parts of a sound not too loud and uh, scratchy and distorted sounding. And, uh, you know, eventually I learned I always want somebody else to do this kind of stuff because I think it takes years of professional experience to really have a good handle on it. And I want to I wanna make music, not do that. That's it's too te technical for me. So that was useful as well. But yeah, I, several different sessions, um, the, the routine became me coming in the morning and hours and hours watching him mix and maybe we try to get two songs done in a day because I'm also very cheap and wanting to get the most out of every hour, which I'm sure also didn't sit the best with him. And I, we also got along too and, ha and had fun. I wasn't a monster, but um, I was just, I had a, a lot I wanted to get done and I'm sure he, uh, you know, responded to that but yeah we talk about the difference between america and japan of course and uh, different music we liked and we did we did hang out and have a good time too uh but yeah we do that for a bunch of hours get exhausted from that but then yutaro would come in and uh we'd record drums from there apparently it takes over an hour to set up drums to record oh my god all the tuning and setting up the microphones and all the different microphones and where you put them in the room. And this is another thing where I was like, I am never going to be qualified to do this. I'm happy to uh, leave it to the experts. It is such a process to record drums. Oh, my God. But uh, so, and I think that was a nice change of pace for Koizumi-san, at least, to get into that stuff rather than uh, just be staring at a computer, mixing elements the whole time. But So I guess it was nice to, to have that to break things up. But uh, so then Lutaro would do his thing, uh, and he was he was so good. It would only take a few takes really for him to really nail down all these different songs. And sometimes the drum parts were a little more nuanced too. So that was awesome. That that's where I really started to feel like, hey, we're gonna have something real here. We'll have uh, a profesh album. So this went on for a few months. It was pretty quick. All, like we, we didn't have to book too many different days. We didn't uh, blow our budget, so to speak. Um, and uh, we, we all got pretty chummy with Koizumi-san. I got to know him more. Uh, the very first day that we did a full day, and it was, you know, we wrapped up at 10 o'clock at night or whatever, um, he was down to go drinking with us at a local, I guess you could call it a pub, Izakaya is what they call it over there, but just a place to have a little bite, bite to eat and, and drink some uh, some beer. And we, we all got pretty drunk and very uh, excited about music. Um, just uh, shot the shit, and it was a really good time, but one of the few nights that I've gotten hungover. <clears throat> so learned my lesson there, not to do that again. But yeah, we worked hard, and... Uh, had some fun it was it was all so new to me it was such a, a novel experience and started putting a lot more in perspective for me in terms of uh, how music gets made and uh, before you knew it we had all these songs done 11 songs some of them more intricate than others but uh, they were all done 
a lot of different styles that I was experimenting with, and this became the first Otarehan album, Otarehan. And uh, we didn't take too much more time after recording it to put it together into a CD, you know, get the artwork and everything and, and get it out there. The, uh, the cover photo, the, uh, the album cover, uh, I don't know, in retrospect, I don't know if, if we could have done a better job with that, but uh, we just went to the local Kyoto University um, with a photographer friend of ours, Dido. I forget if I mentioned him in the first part of this, but uh, Dido took a bunch of pictures of us, and there's just one kind of semi-awkward picture of three of us uh, without Michio that I liked. Put uh, some some font above that that I cooked up with uh, my housemate Shunsuke. We probably use Photoshop or whatever. And uh, yeah, it was it was all coming together for me. So we finished the CD, and then we had something to sell at uh, something legit to sell at um, upcoming shows that we did, and uh, probably some ill-fated, confused attempts to uh, set up a website to sell the CDs online. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We didn't sell a ton of them, but we did sell some. It felt really good to have a finished product to, to get out there and uh, share with everybody, especially other musicians in the scene. Um, a lot of people were really cool about it and, and seemed really excited to get their, their hands on it and hear it. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of friends in the area. And that was very cool. That was an exciting summer for me. Fast forward mm, maybe about six months, though, and I'm kind of in a totally new uh, place again creatively or musically. Uh, I had made a lot more new songs uh, since going through that whole recording process, and uh, I felt we had improved so much in a quick amount of time since then I was already like oh we could do so much better than this first album my singing's out of whack some of the songs kind of sound thin there's not enough going on uh it's just this uh the song could have been fleshed out and realized a lot better I had all these uh, I guess you could call them regrets at the I, I recognize we did the best we could at that time and felt good about that but I I was already like, yeah, in a pretty relatively short amount of time, I was like, we need to do this again. I'll do it so much better this time. I got all these new songs. I'd, I'd been on a roll, uh, especially since having learned how the meat gets made in terms of um, how, how you finish a song and make it sound professional. I had, I had this new perspective and... Um, I was uh, very keen on, as soon as we could afford it, going in and recording a whole nother album's worth of songs. And things got a little convoluted again. Um, we lost members. Uh, the whole thing about Lyutaro and I kind of being the core and Shotaro and Michio being more, um, you know, come in when they can. Both of them got caught up with other commitments to the point where, like, Maybe it should just be Lutaro and I, and that's how old Tarehan continues. So, and I was just, I'm tired, I was tired of dealing with band logistics, trying to get f three other guys 
to coordinate, agree, and commit to something. It was like, ah, uh, couldn't I do more of this myself? Lyotaro was my rock. So the the um, idea of just dealing with him on all this stuff became more and more appealing. Um, it's kind of awkward that that coincided with uh, the release of the first album, but whatever. Um, so as Lutaro and I were sort of half-heartedly looking for a new third member so that uh, live shows, performing live, might be a little more interesting, uh, we were carrying on as a duo and making the most of that. And uh, that's where I got into trying to bring back my electronic influence and my experience doing um, you know, weird electronic laptop music, trying to bring some of that flavor back into these new uh, Japanese songs and just having a lot more parts going on again. So music that resembles Niagara Moon stuff a lot more. Um, and what we got into a thing of, uh, I would sit for a live show, I would sing and play piano and uh, Lutaro would be drumming, of course, but then we would use the PA for this lushly arranged uh, backing track I'd put together with all these different crazy parts. So even though it's just two of us on stage, it was a very full, almost kind of like wall of sound experience. So I was, um, after just figuring out the the technical stuff with that, that, that was pretty cool to, to be doing that. I think a lot of people hadn't seen something like that before uh, at the venues. But um, so what ended up happening was I had all these new songs. Some of them were going down this electronic direction of even though it's just the two of us, the sounds get the the sonic feel gets bigger and bigger because I'm I'm compensating for it with all this these uh these different backing tracks with all this sort of experimental stuff going on. So there was that, but then I had these other I had this other set of songs um, that I started when we still had more members to uh, play them together live organically, you know, some more bass, guitar, uh, piano and drum oriented songs, more stripped down. And uh, I did want to record and put those out as well, these these new songs since the uh, since finishing up the first Otarehan album. So I, I was kind of was kind of confused about what to do and decided we could do two EPs. So one EP, you know, a mini album is the electronic stuff. And the other EP would be the more conventional rock band stuff. And maybe we could put these two EPs together and call it the double EP and have it come out as one album. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody anymore, but I, that seemed to me at the time what we should do. And, uh, Putting that together, again, I th I'm sure it was hard on Koizumi-san because he had to um, push himself to, to get all these different convoluted elements to sit together in a mix. But um, since I knew how the whole thing worked at this point in terms of recording, from my, from my perspective, uh, this is bing, bang, boom. I, I had all these tracks ready that I carefully recorded and constructed over time. My vocals got better. I learned how to use a uh, pitch correcting software, which certainly uh, helped when you were um, adding a different, uh, adding a bunch of different harmony parts together. So, although the the experience of recording the second album wasn't as fresh and exciting and new as going through it the first time, I was much more confident about the quality of the music and the quality of the songs, 
and uh, Lutaro was as well. We knew how to how to budget better, budget our money, budget our time, and this ended up coinciding with my decision to move out of Kyoto and move back to America and finish up my degree back at uh, UMass in Amherst, Massachusetts. So it was kind of um, the, the, the pressure, the time pressure was on because I literally was only going to be in the city. I was only going to be in the country for X amount of months more. So that kind of, um, that added to the whole dynamic of putting it together. And uh, that became the double EP, Otarehan's second album. And by far and away, the better of the two. And uh, definitely a lot of different mix of emotions went into that as it was kind of, it was a big period of change in my life. And, uh, you know, growing up and changing my, uh, my background, where I'm going to be living and all that. Um, went through a lot of personal development, putting that together. And uh, I'm also pretty proud of the eclecticism, the variety of different uh, influences and genres in that in that uh, collection of songs. So I hope you found this interesting. I uh, times like this, I wish I had a producer to give me notes and tell me, "All right, talk about this more, talk about this less. This is the thing people want to hear." I don't really know. I'm just I'm telling you my my story from what I remember the best. And, uh, you know, my perspective as a recording music geek who's just totally into the, uh, the whole, uh, the craft. But, um, if you listen to this and you are, your interest is piqued and you want to kind of hear more about what I'm, what I'm talking about, uh, check out Otarehan, the double EP, wherever you like to listen to music. I'm sure it's on Spotify. Just type in Otarehan. I probably have a few WEP CDs left uh, to sell, but otherwise, uh, if you do look online, like Spotify or whatever, it's actually broken up into two separate EPs rather than one album. I did that for the uh, the English release. Um, the EPs are Can't Sell and uh, Back to the Beginning. So check all that music out if you're curious. Um, those two EPs I would definitely uh, put on the same pedestal creatively as uh, anything I've done with Niagara Moon so far. So I'd love for people to check those out, hear Lutaro's awesome drumming. And, uh, you know, even though it's not in English, you don't necessarily know what all the songs are talking about. I think there's, there's something to enjoy there. All right, I'm, I'm wiped out. That was a lot of talking. So uh, as I said... Sorry about uh, the inconsistency of these episodes recently, but uh, I'm going to try to pull, pull some strings and uh, hopefully we'll get a more regular schedule in the future and we'll get some more guests on and that'll be cool. But for now, I'm going to sign off. You guys have a great rest of the week. Oh, first, let me uh, just play an Otarehan song from the double EP. This one's in English. It's called I Worked It Out.